0: which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted and they have slain them which shewed before of the coming of the just one of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers hey listeners this is nick from scripture central and today's podcast addresses the question why did stephen rehearse israelite history As the church grew in Jerusalem, the twelve apostles called seven men to assist with the temporal needs of the saints, especially the widows. One of these seven men, named Stephen, was full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Because of this, Stephen was arrested on false charges of disrespecting Moses, the law, and the temple. He was brought before the council, where he would offer one of the most well-known sermons recorded in the book of Acts. Throughout his sermon, Stephen refers to various events in Israelite history. As noted by Andrew C. Skinner and D. Kelly Ogden, Stephen reviews the history of Israel to show how great persons, events, doctrines, and practices were all types and shadows of Christ, and how all the past culminates in the coming of the Messiah, Jesus. In so doing, Stephen further shows how Israel's history is a cycle of apostasy and restoration. Israel has a long history of rebellion against the Lord, Stephen shows, which culminated in the rejection of the Messiah. Stephen begins his sermon by referring to the obedience of Abraham. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Chiron, and said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I shall shew thee. Because Abraham obeyed the Lord, a covenant was made with him that his seed would inherit the promised land. Abraham's faith and obedience set a standard for his descendants that would, unfortunately, largely, be ignored. Following describing Abraham, Stephen then moves on to discuss how the sons of Jacob moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. One scholar, Vincent K. H. Oi, remarked that this incident shows how envy and hatred were already gripping the people of promise at this early stage, threatening the unfolding of the promise of God. However, Joseph's misfortune is used by God to save his family. Stephen's retelling of Joseph's journey is one of God providentially bringing good out of the evil intention of the patriarchs and appointing the rejected one over those who rejected him. Oy observes, Abraham's descendants survived because God delivered them through the one they rejected. Joseph, rejected by his own brothers by God's choice, became the innocent sufferer and savior of his people. This is a pattern reflected in the stories of Moses, Jesus, and Stephen within Acts chapter 6 through 7. Furthermore, Joseph serves as a type of Christ in his response to his brothers coming to Egypt for food during the hard famine. Like Jesus, Joseph responded graciously to those who rejected him, ensuring their salvation. Moses, another prophetic type of Christ, was likewise rejected multiple times by the Israelites. This occurs, as Stephen shows, even before Moses fled Egypt. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him, and avenged him that was oppressed, and smote the egyptian for he supposed his brethren would have understood how that god by his hand would deliver them but they understood not however when moses attempted to reconcile two israelites the following day he was rejected causing him to leave egypt then after moses had led the children of israel out of egypt moses is again rejected on a much larger scale the children of israel thrust him from them and their hearts turned back again into Egypt, saying unto Aaron, Make us gods to go before us. For as for this Moses, which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. The rejection of Moses as a prophet in favor for false gods and Egyptian lifestyle became a repeated struggle throughout the Israelites wandering in the wilderness. The Israelites would continue to reject the Lord for idols throughout their history, causing them to be punished and exiled on multiple occasions. However, the Lord did not completely reject his people and would continue to bless them and gather them as they repented. Finally, however, the greatest rejection would take place. Just like Joseph was rejected by his brothers, just like Moses was repeatedly rejected by the children of Israel, Jesus Christ was ultimately rejected and killed by the present generation of the house of Israel. This led to Stephen offering the stinging rebuke. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did. So do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which shewed before of the coming of the Just One, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. The murder of Jesus was ultimately the greatest act of treachery committed throughout Israel's tumultuous history, and shows how the people, rather than Stephen, were those who were ultimately speaking against the law, Moses, and the temple, each of which pointed forward to Jesus Christ. As Oi noted, Stephen's indictment appears to suggest that the killing of Jesus is related to, if not a culmination of, the people's rejection of the law. Stephen would soon find himself the latest incident in Israel's continued rejection of the prophets, being stoned for his testimony that, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. As Stephen shows throughout his sermon, God has called, and continues to call, prophets who testify of Jesus Christ. Many of these prophets point to Jesus Christ through more than just their message, emulating his life and on occasion, his rejection and death. Despite the rejection they face, prophetic messengers such as Stephen stand firm in their beliefs and testify to the world what they know to be true. Furthermore, we can recognize how Stephen portrays God's work through his sermon. Even as his children are not always faithful to his covenants and gospel, the Lord is always at work for our salvation. He continues to work in his vineyard, seeking the immortality and eternal life of all his children. This is made available to us conditional upon our acceptance of the Lord's will in our lives and our acceptance of his messengers. We must follow the prophet and other appointed leaders of the church if we hope to gain any lasting peace in this life or the life to come, thereby learning from the mistakes others have made throughout history and choosing to follow the Lord instead. Thank you for listening to this presentation from Scripture Central. For more information, please visit ScriptureCentral.org.